Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's secret golf. It's what I'm looking for. The second secret golf podcast of the week. But on the back of the President's Cup picks, well, we had to have a little chat with Elk about that. I'm Diane Knox. I hope you've had a good week. And I hope you got the chance to listen to our podcast from the start of the week with Coach Bradley Hughes. Now, he coaches Brendan Todd, who won the Bermuda Championship last week. And it's just a great podcast. Brendan had his struggles and Bradley really talks about their working relationship and how they have put in all the effort to help Brenton move on and get back to winning ways, which worked. But um, Bradley's just got a really good way of explaining things. And after listening to it, I think I've listened to it like three or four times now, not in a self-indulgent way, but in a way that I'm like, I need to go to the range and work on my game. Right, so President's Cup picks not long until it gets underway, second week in December at Royal Melbourne in Australia. To talk about it, well, I had to get someone on who's played on the international team four times and was part of the winning team in 1998. We certainly did, Diane. I must note that even though our record is so poor in the President's Cups, we are undefeated at Royal Melbourne. Yes, good. That's a good way to think about it. We're going to, in the run-up to the President's Cup, we are going to talk about it more and, of course, we'll get some stories from you. But you must look back on that victory at Royal Melbourne in your homeland of Australia as one of the most special moments of your career. Well, it was it was great. My mum and dad were there and, um, you know, we uh, <laughs> a couple of, couple of stories come to mind straight away, particularly about my mother where... where um, she, uh, when we won the we won the President's Cup, I'll talk about the President's Cup as we go along, but when we won that night, we had this huge party at a casino in Melbourne, and um, all the President's Cups on both teams were given, like, I don't know, $5,000 in chips to go out and play in the casino, and, of course, we were going on such a roll that we won all this money, and I gave it to my mother, and Diane, she had it tucked in her bosom because she didn't <laughs> want to lose it, and she slept with it that night, and... Um, the next morning, we had to get up a flight, and I'll tell you how 
heavy the party was that night. The next morning, we had to get up at like six in the morning to go leave. And I remember walking to valet area to get our, you know, car or whatever. My mum and dad, Annie was born and Sam was born. We had two babies with us and Ernie Ells was outside at six in the morning. He still had his spikes on and he was had a beer in his hand. So he never did shut it down. So uh, (laughs) we had an incredible week. Uh, You know, that is an advantage going to Australia when Mm -hmm. when you when you think about the wind that blows at Royal Melbourne, the style of golf. I mean, we had two players, uh, Shigeki Mariyama and Craig Parry, both went undefeated because they there's just their style of golf is it's different down there, Diane. You've got to play it. It's not a it's not a big man's game down there. You've got to be able to get that ball in play. And this year, there's been a big drought in Australia, and you and I have talked about how fast Royal Melbourne's going to play, and the positioning of the, of the tee shot is going to be so crucial because the greens, Diane. Uh, absolutely diabolical. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, let's talk about the international team first with Ernie Els being the captain. That's a great story about him. I have a an, a mental image in my head. But, you know, talking about the Australians, there's four Australians on the team. Adam Scott, Mark Leishman and Cameron Smith were already in the team anyway on merit. And another Australian as one of his four picks, Jason Day. Yeah, I mean, the Aussies, are, this event's been sold out for a long time in Australia. Um, Australians, particularly Melbourne people, they we have a saying in Australia that Melbourne people will pay huge money. They'll have 60000 pack out a stadium to watch two Beatles run across a field. So, you know, when we were there in 98, you know, there was, of course, Greg Norman and I were partners. And Greg, is, you know, he's the biggest draw in Australia. Tiger Woods was on that team. And... Um, you know, people going with sharks on the top of their head, foam sharks and foam elks. We had about 40,000 people following that group. We had uh, George Bush and the Prime Minister of Australia at the time were following our group. It was just insane. And um, we played a, one of the most memorable matches that we I've ever been involved in was on a Saturday afternoon um, four-ball match. And Greg and I playing together against Freddie Couples and Davis Love in the last match. And um, Davis and Freddie were... You know, they were the undefeated World Cup, you know, partner champions for the last four years. And this was going to be an epic battle that day. And I think I made a 15-footer on, I think it was about the 16th hole to close them out in a four-ball match. And I swear, we were like uh, 15 under through 17 holes to close them out, two and one. I swear the ground was shaking when we walked off the green. It was just I still remember. I just got goosebumps all down my arms right here. Mm, that's amazing. Right, so international team picks then. I, I don't think they come as any surprise at all. And we had talked about this. I mentioned Jason Day. Joaquin Neiman, who won at the Greenbrier earlier this fall season. Sung J.M. and Adam Hadwin. I mean, it, there's no shock, is there? No, all those guys are in form. You know, I think when you think about a team, you know, um, you think about sometimes when they're picking these teams, Diane, or the... There might have been a guy that won in Hawaii or on the West Coast, but uh, fortunately for us on this international squad, all of our players that were chosen by Els um, have all are all playing really good. So um, the tricky thing for a lot of the Americans, and I suppose it's for us as well, but they're going to play this in the summer. And I think the shocking thing um, was when we went down there in '98. Jack Nicholas was the captain, and Peter Thompson was was our captain, and the, it was very windy, and um, 
there was a lot of flies, and and uh, the Americans were, <laughs> were getting upset with all these flies flying around everywhere. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those hats down there, Diane, with all the corks on them. You know. Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> So you shake your head, right, and all the corks knock all the flies off you. So is that what that's it for? Was, huh? Oh, yeah, that's what it's I for, yeah. I did not know that that was what it was for. <laughs> so there was a very warm, and it was very windy, and it was a lot of flies, and that was our secret weapon. We were telling the American boys that they just they were just out of sorts that week with the heat. And, uh, you know, America, you know, this time of year, everyone's sort of, starting to put their sweaters on and then you go to Australia and you catch these hot days that are 100 degrees and you're playing 36. But that's not going to be the difference in this one coming up. I'd have to say that the President's Cup is almost teetering on this event because we need the internationals to hold their ground this year Mm -hmm. uh, just to prove that, you know, we're in the same you know, same stratosphere with these guys. Yeah, exactly. Well, looking at the American team, and if you look just on world ranking, then the US team does look like the stronger team on paper. But Tiger announced his picks last night, and again, no real surprises. Gary Woodland, Tony Finau, Patrick Reed, and then Tiger picking himself, the second playing captain in President's Cup history. But, I mean, that was a no-brainer. Of course he had to pick himself. Yeah, I, you know, Tiger loves playing golf in Australia. He's a, he's a bit of a historian himself. He loves, you know, this course was built by Alistair McKenzie, for those that didn't know. And McKenzie was, you know, one of the famous designers from England that, you know, did courses here, Augusta National and Cypress Point. So McKenzie, you know, Royal Melbourne is an absolute gem. And, you know, Tiger doesn't have to play every match. We talked no. about this, I think, last week, which, you know, he has to play the singles and he maybe play one other. But I don't think we're going to see Tiger three times down no. there. I think we're going to see him twice. So... As I said, he must think of himself as, you know, an asset to be able to add points to his, you know, team. And when I look at the picks that Tiger, um, you know, chose, you know, Finau, he's always been there. He's been there this year. He's a great putter. You know, when I think of what Tiger might do, of course, I don't know. And But Finau is a great putter. Um, Patrick Reed has proven himself in match play, even though he had a disastrous Ryder Cup, he uh, won on the playoffs, so he's in form. So what was the third one? Gary Woodland. So oh, US of course, Open champ, you and I, I mean. talked about him being the U.S. Open champ. He will just create a lot of attention wherever he goes. I mean, whenever I saw the U.S. Open champ, I mean, it's just, uh, wow, you, you think of those guys in a different uh, – you look at them different when they've, they've won the U.S. Open at yeah. Pebble Beach. The Australians will be very impressed. He'll be very popular. All of those picks right there will be popular – uh, in Australia. Well, mm-hmm. Reed's been down there before, but Finau and Gary Woodland will be very popular down there. The only question mark that's hanging over the US team is Brooks Kepka, who um, there's talk of the injury and Tiger has said, you know, obviously I know that Brooks wants to be there and be part of the team, but it's up to him to see how he feels over the next couple of weeks and if he's going to be ready to compete. So, I think Ricky Fowler would probably be the pick that was drafted in if Kepka doesn't play. Be nice to have so much talent, Diane, to be able to just mix and match with uh, other top ten players in the world to be your extra picks, right? But Tiger did say that not picking Ricky was a tough decision. Well, I think if you were talking to Fowler on this podcast right now, he would be the first to say that he hasn't deserved to be picked, and uh, he's that kind of guy. He hasn't been informed. 
much of late, you know, he won the Phoenix Open last year, and we thought, well, is this the year that Ricky's going to, mm-hmm. you know, put it all together? You know, he just got married recently, so his his life has been a little bit, you know, uh, well, I don't want to say it's probably better, but it's uh, he's been unfocused on his golf, and that's probably been the reason that he hasn't been able to to put so, the back half of this season together like he wanted to. But you know, <clears throat> if you get picked by Tiger Woods to play in an event, um, you you have the attention you know you you've got they've got your attention and the other thing is ricky hasn't played competitively since the tour championship so you know maybe that was a slight factor to take into consideration too yeah and and you know as you think about you know what's going to happen at royal melbourne royal melbourne is a very sort of maintained unmaintained looking course there's a lot of a lot of trouble there's a lot of potential wind there's the bunkering is superb and the green complexes are just amazing, and it's just every hole is a is a postcard, and um, it's going to be tough. I mean, one of my friends down there, Michael Clayton, who um, you know played the tour with me years ago, who's an architect now and lives in Melbourne, said, "Oh, you know, Royal Melbourne, unfortunately, is going to play the shortest it's ever going to play, but that's going to create some problems on its own, just because of where the ball's going to run to." Mm-hmm. Of course, we all know at Augusta. A lot of us that played at Augusta before they had any rough, Diane, we all argued that we thought Augusta was tougher when there was no rough. And a lot of people said, well, how how could that be possible? And we're like, well, for example, on the 14th hole at Augusta, we all know the hole that dog legs around the corner. And if you miss the ball to the right, you know, now it just stops in the rough and you can play to the green. In the old days, you'd finish 80 yards down in the trees because there was nothing to stop it. So yeah. when I think of Royal Melbourne, I think some of these holes – it's going to be the same deal. You're going to be running off into these, uh, we call it tea trees down there. It's all that scrub scrub bush down there. And, and uh, of course, if you there is no recovery and there is no trees at Royal Melbourne, Diane. It's all scrub bush. So if you go in, there's no chance of hitting it out. I mean, it's, it's, you've got to take, uh, you know, a dog to go in there and find your ball. Well, we'll talk more about the course in the run-up to the President's Cup and uh, maybe we'll get someone on. You've got connections over there, so maybe we'll get someone who's actually out there, can talk about the weather, can talk about the conditions and how the course is actually looking. Yeah, we'll get Mike Clayton. He's uh, he's on site. You know, he lives there. And uh, in fact, I'm going, <clears throat> I'm going, I haven't even told you this, I'm going on a trip to Australia in like uh, April and you we're going to play those yeah. all those famous courses in the Sandbelt area, which is uh, a lot of people don't realize why the Sandbelt was so famous and why, how it, how it all came about and how there was an inland ocean in Australia a million years ago and somehow it drained out through Victoria out to the ocean and that's basically you dig a hole and you've got sand six inches below and they they use that sand belt diane to build courses just stacked all like a snake all the way down through victoria to to capture all that sand so Mm -hmm. there's just one after another of great courses okay good looking forward to it right excellent elk thank you very much and uh, what have you got lined up for this weekend any big plans yes always working away here on a, a number of things um you know, I'm thinking about next week at the Mayacoba. We've had some success there with our players. We had yeah. Pat and Kazai won there a couple of years ago. Pat Perez uh, won down there. So when I think about, you know, some of these stories last week, a great story emerged, you know, with Brennan Todd and, and our own uh, Bradley Hughes. So, you know, I like this. I, I said to you a bunch of times that I'm sort of fatigued on watching the golf, but when these stories emerge about these younger players that are either coming back or they're trying to emerge – I feel a lot better. You know, I'm I'm really enjoyed last week uh, seeing that happen. And and Mayakoba, 
There's a course in Mexico that Greg Norman designed, and it's done with uh, paspalum grass, which can be watered with the sea ocean. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good stories down there. Oh yeah, and we all know that I love the story, especially of the first time winner. Mayakoba is where Patton Kazire did get his debut victory on the PGA Tour, and he followed that up at the Sony Open, the start of the year. But yeah, Pat Perez has won there. Russell Knox lost in a playoff, but yeah, we've had a lot of good success with the Secret Golf Team at Mayakoba, and that is next week on the PGA Tour. Thank you very much for listening. So we've had two podcasts this week. This one about the Presidents Cup captain's picks and if you haven't listened to the other one we did it at the start of the week with Bradley Hughes who's one of our secret golf coaches he is the coach of Brendan Todd who won the Bermuda championship last week and really it's just an amazing podcast it's so good to hear how Bradley describes their working relationship how they overcome the struggles that Todd was experiencing in his game and getting him back to winning form So if you haven't heard that already, then it's on iTunes, on Spotify, all other podcast apps and at secretgolf.com. Thank you for listening and we'll be back with another one next week. Have a good weekend. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.